0: Uh come Saturday we will be reclaiming that righteous rightful spot.
1: I have confidence in what you say but I believe you might have just cursed us. <laughs> we would lose nah, now.
0: Dude. We we can't lose not to Tennessee that's little brother. We can't lose to little brother. Yo, yo, yo! What up, dogs? And welcome to episode number ninety-three of the Fantasy Football Dogs podcast. I'm your host Josiah Panther, and as always, I'm here with my pal in real life and my foe in fantasy, Nathan Nate Dog McDonald.
1: Yo, yo! Sounds like you were about about to drop a sick rhyme on us there, but uh, backed out of it. Uh, that's okay. You can save it for later. Uh finally, thank God for a high scoring fantasy week, especially from the running backs. That was that was refreshing to see. So uh, let's let's dive into it. Also, we had the trade deadline, so a lot of news to cover on that front.
0: Yeah, definitely. A lot of lot of news, a lot of uh, you know, the waiver wire was gonna be really weak. And then a couple of these trades happened and it spiced it up just a little bit, but um, you know, it is definitely made, made it a li- lot more interesting of an episode and all this news is breaking just a couple of news uh, hours before we're recording. So definitely a lot, a lot to get into and, uh, you know, it's fun to do, um, an episode right after the trade deadline.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad we were able to do it after the official deadline so we can cover all of them. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll jump straight into it here. I've got the laundry list. Uh, so first off, TJ Hawkinson is traded to the Vikings from the Lions. They're in-division rival. That's rare. Uh, he's traded for basically a 20-23 second. There are other picks involved, but they kind of wash out. So I, I feel like it's around a second-round value they're getting. Um, so, yeah, uh, really good for um, the Vikings offense, obviously. They're making a push. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll get into all the reactions of these trades later. We have, like, trades, winners, and losers uh, in our dog discussion so we'll try to refrain from uh, giving our complete analysis here um, next up chase claypool traded to the bears for a 2023 second rounder um, calvin ridley traded to the jaguars for a 2023 fifth and a 2024 fourth rounder could end up being a second depending on conditions but it uh, doesn't affect redraft this year but definitely a big move in dynasty circles Um, So, you know, I'll just mention that because, you know, we're not going to I guess we can mention him later. Um, uh, Dolphins acquire Bradley Chubb in a trade that also sees Chase Edmonds go off to Denver. Uh, So much needed pass rush for Dolphins and Chase Edmonds can go be in what looks to be really confusing backfield in Denver. Um, uh, Naeem Hines uh, traded to Bills for Zach Moss and a 2023 sixth uh, can become a fifth if conditions are met. Uh, Kadarius tony traded to the chiefs earlier in the week for a uh, 2020 tweet uh, 2023 third
0: and six rounder
1: <laughs> 20 tweet <laughs> yeah. uh, word over here uh jesus uh, uh so uh roquan smith also added to the ravens just note that if you have a tight end or running back playing the ravens they'll probably be a little bit stronger of a defense the second half of the year um kareem hunt not traded from the browns after they thumped the Bengals in prime time and cam Akers not traded from the rams so what are your re- reactions to all that
0: yeah like i said we're gonna jump into some of them later yeah. but i know uh with the ridley trade you know that mm-hmm. involves our team and uh You know, I'm happy we. It looked like it was the end of the road, no matter what. In in my wildest hopes and dreams, I would have hoped we could have kept him and had him, Pitts and London all on the field Mm -hmm. together. But um, you know, we'll have to either get another uh, weapon in free agency or the draft. But we did get a. you know like a fifth this year i think and a mm-hmm. possible second it's a very conditional pick it's like yeah, yeah there's like three different conditions ben it could be a fourth a third or a second based on those qualifications but basically if he works out in the jags sign him long term he's a second round pick so mm-hmm. um It's uh, it, it, I think it's a good trade. It could be a good trade, and you know, at the end of the day, if they don't sign him long term, it might mean that he doesn't have it anymore. And you know, that even if we do get less value for him, it's worth it. So, um, you did say last week that if we trade a player away, it's the end of the road for them. Uh, and we got the second that we always seem to get, so uh, at least potentially, potentially, (laughs) but uh, you know, this is a little bit different of a situation. Obviously, he wasn't you know. He didn't show any um, loss on the field. It was all just, you know, first he had some, uh, you know, mental issues and then obviously the gambling. So it's been a long winding road, but none of it has been as a result of this play.
1: Yeah, I think the situation is a little bit different with it. Uh, you know, unlike Snoo and Jones and Ryan, you know, he's not at the end of his rope. He's still in the prime of his uh, career. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how that works out. I think it's a good move for the Jags. If he works out for them, they have a fantastic group of wide receivers there. So and, uh, you know, they, it's hard for them to lure free agents there being in Jacksonville. So this was a really good move for them to make on, on a very talented player. So uh, hey, I think it, that's like, a- what's up?
0: That's a great point. Like they probably will sign him just because like nobody with that level of talent ever wants to actually go down there. So they might try to sign him
1: tomorrow before he does anything on the field. They can do it for cheap. They're like five-year extension. Here you go. That's Uh, funny. Yeah. So um, yeah, no, no one wants to live in Jacksonville. Sorry for any Jacksonville listeners move away. Um, Yeah. We we can get into some of this later um, in our winners and losers section, but uh, yeah, that's about it for trade deadline news. You got anything to add? Yeah,
0: there wasn't a lot of injuries uh, this week. I know no. there was maybe two or three, but you you got a couple to read for us, but nothing super major.
1: Yeah, no, uh, it was it was a really light week for injuries. That's uh, you know a sight for sore eyes considering what we had the week before. So Christian Watson suffered a concussion early Sunday. Dude has had some bad luck this year. It's just been a litany of random stuff. So concussion, I think it's hit him more than once. Uh, Cooper Cup suffered an ankle injury on a final play. Uh, Appears to be questionable for week nine. Sean McVay said he was beating himself up for having him in there because the game was lost and it was a meaningless catch. So, um, yeah, keep an eye on Cooper Cup. Uh, Devontae Parker had a knee injury early in the game versus the Jets. Uh, Probably cost me a win, but, uh, you know, he – he's questionable for week nine, but just keep an eye on that. Uh, Chuba Hubbard also, um, he should be back for week nine, but he did miss this last week. So uh, if you listen to me and picked up Deontay Foreman instead, you're a happy boy. Uh, also uh, just a quick update on Dan, on uh, Deandre Swift, uh, Dan Campbell said that he is not fully back yet. And this is after week eight, he's not fully back yet. And that the, he had one too many carries in the game uh and he had and he had five, five yeah so not good news if you're a swift yeah. owner uh you know i'm not overly concerned in dynasty you know it is i did have this thing with swift where he does just tend to get nicked up and always be you know not quite himself but um you know when he is himself we've seen what he can do he can be you know alvin kamara-esque but um you know luckily that's the end of what i have for injuries so nothing too major though
0: yeah, I did not like that comment from Dan Campbell, but yeah, um, yeah should have given him four instead of five carries. That's that's quite a thin, <laughs> thin, thin line to be that's skating. The opposite there, so. of what people wanted to hear, <laughs> right? Uh, but and to
1: be fair to Jamal Williams, man, he's done really well as a rusher this year. So um, you know, hats off to him. He's taking advantage of the like, carries he's given.
0: Yeah, I drafted him almost everywhere as my RB four, and uh, with Brees going down, he served in a lot of my lineups this week, and he got me like twenty two points, and he's doing good all year, even with DeAndre on the field. So, yeah. Uh, but that's that's a, that's enough gloating about about <laughs> Jamal Williams saving my fantasy weeks. But uh, let's talk about some of these waiver wires, and uh, I'll let you open it up if you have anybody at quarterback, because I got nobody.
1: Yeah, quarterback is pretty shallow this week. It's rough. Uh, You know, at this point in the year, I do mention just, like, check four guys. So, you know, you do want to check for Justin Fields if he's somehow still available. Uh, Taylor Heineke as well. He had a really good game. Uh, You know, a guy that should still be available, Andy Dalton. Uh, He was the starter this last week to my surprise and he did well with it. So, um, well, yeah, well, (laughs) he did have three interceptions and a, you know, a gift, uh, but, uh, it it looks like he could be the starter the rest of the season. It's honestly a toss up between him and Jameis. So, um, if you want to take that chance, you can stash him, but anybody else, I, I don't really have.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, and, uh, I think Andy Dalton is the most likely to be available of those probably. And, um, we will actually be talking about him later in this episode. So, Mm -hmm. uh, so definitely, you know, I think he is a good pickup. So that, that's a good name to throw out there. Um, but Mm -hmm. all right. So I will open it up then at running back and my top waiver wire ad is a guy that I've talked about as a stash before, but he's still widely available. It's Rashad white. Um, You know, uh, Leonard Fournette still had a somewhat viable fantasy day, but his, you know, stats were actually terrible. I think it was like nine for 24 or uh, something along those lines. So uh, not what you want to see. And Rashad White's looking really good. Each week he's getting a little bit more work, and uh, he's doing a lot with the work that he's getting. So I think as the season progresses, he will start to be a more viable guy. I've mentioned Leonard Fournette as a sell-high candidate, um, you know that window might be starting to close. Uh, he is still like technically on the season. Um, let's see, he's a RB eleven, so you know you might be able to sell him based off of he's a, still a RB one. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, you know, uh, the window definitely. You know, a couple weeks ago he was he was like the RB six. So, um, you know, I think that decline is going to continue. Rashad White will start to eat more into that load. So that's why I have him as the top running back pickup this week.
1: I like that. Rashad White has been doing some good things for that team, and uh, they need it because it's been a struggle in the rushing game. So, um, yeah, g- good choice there. I actually did not think of him. Um, you know, for my check four guys, obviously Deontay Foreman. If he somehow went un-unaddressed uh, last week, and Khalil Herbert, just check for both of those guys. I think I saw her Herbert's like fifty-two percent owned in some leagues, so um, or in, on some platforms. I mean, so yeah, uh, with how he's playing, he looks like possibly the RB one for that team.
0: What I was gonna say, he's 52% owned, owned in some leagues. Like, they yeah. only get half of it, they only get half of his points. Yeah, or 52%. Sorry,
1: they Wayne uh. Gretzky'd his ass, it's too good, <laughs> anyways. Uh, so, really <laughs> laugh. Yeah, no, so check uh, for those guys. Uh, but uh, Jeff Wilson will, will be, um, you know, my first guy up just because. I like Raheem Moser and what he's done this year, but uh, Jeff Wilson can honestly take some considerable work from him. And uh, he's going to a familiar face uh, with Mike McDaniel. So, yeah, I, I think uh, him in this offense, at minimum, he could be a goal line option. But when given the ball, he's been very efficient this year. So, Jeff Wilson is the first name I had.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, he, you know, he definitely was rostered for a minute, heavily rostered, uh, being, uh, you know, he wants, um, Elijah Mitchell went down, uh, but once McCaffrey got signed, he probably was dropped in some leagues. So definitely a good guy to look out for. Um, And yeah, uh, you know, I'll I'll be talking about him later as well. Um, So uh, for me, the next guy on the list is Chase Edmonds. This is another guy. He just got traded. He's widely available because people at this point have just given up on him on the Dolphins. He wasn't getting hardly any snaps or any work. Um, And now going to the Denver Broncos, there's obviously a big opportunity um, because there's not a lot of competition. You know, it's Latavius Murray, Murray and Melvin Gordon, and we all know that the Rocky saga that Melvin Gordon has had with his coaching staff to start out the year. So um, definitely in the third down roll, I think Chase is probably right away going to be the guy, uh, but he could very well just end up being uh, the most – overall fantasy valuable back in this backfield uh still not somebody i'm like jumping for joy for or dropping too much fab on it this late in the season but um definitely i think you know seven to ten fab is is worth it for if you maybe only have three startable rbs or something uh he might be a solid fourth guy that you can start out with the third down roll and possibly grow into more
1: Uh, you're right yeah he in his role with the Dolphins or lack thereof a lot of people have given up on him and uh, I am one of them Uh, I I just don't believe in Chase Edmonds anymore unfortunately so um, that and it's just I don't you know the piece of a pie he's gonna get in with the Broncos I I'm not too keen on trying to snag a part of Um, but I could be wrong on that Uh, I did Put a guy here that's more of a one week ad, but he could be really valuable for you if you need a one week starter on these buys. Uh, Kenyon Drake uh, with the Gus Edwards injury, uh, Kenyon Drake went off again. So it looks like you know there's just a good chance with uh, the Ravens having a week 10 buy that they decide to rest uh, the Gus bus this uh, week, and if so, it's going to be you know thumbs up for Ken Kenyon Drake. So, uh, in the, the what is it, week two, 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 seven. No, 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 week six and eight. uh, The two weeks that he did really well is 16-plus points each. So he could have a similar role this week, so I would, uh, you know, add him.
0: Yeah, no, he's the second – I have him on the list, and this is the second time he's been in our waiver wire segment because he was dropped once, uh, you know, Gus came back and showed out that one game. And then, uh, you know, to be fair, Kenyon Drake was doing really – he was doing well with his touches even before Gus went down. You know, Gus went down a little bit later in the game. Um, so you know, I think it could be a longer, more long term stash, but certainly a good start next week. I think you know, in the future, it might be it might not be as obvious as a start, but definitely if Gus is out this week, I think that Kenyon Drake is a fine start uh, as an RB2. So, Mm -hmm. um, the last guy I have is kind of just a stash and see what happens. Um, I don't believe in Zach Moss at all, he was traded to uh the Colts. Mm-hmm. So for me this signals and I'm Hines was traded away from the Colts as we mentioned. So to me this signals uh that Deon Jackson uh who did very well in uh in uh, Jonathan Taylor's absence mm-hmm. yeah. um will be the 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 next guy up and and you know obviously this also signals to me that they think that Jonathan Taylor can be healthy and Man, the load for the rest of the year, and maybe isn't that injured. And I hope that's true. He did kind of re-aggravate his ankle in the game and exit before coming back in. And it was right after a twenty-five yard run. Day and then the good. rest of the game, the rest of the game, he was very inefficient or inefficient with the oh. with, with that nicked up ankle, though. So um, definitely a little bit of worry to look out for for there. But um, if Deion, if that continues to happen, or if uh, you know he gets worse injured, which I pray does not happen. Uh, Deion Jackson very well could be, you know, a, a good guy to have on your roster that you don't have to drop all your fab for at that point. So, um, and he might have a role cause I'm sure, you know, they're not going to give Jonathan Taylor 40 carries a game and they're going to be running the ball a lot with Sel- Sam Ellinger, uh, as the quarterback. So, uh, just a, a, a nice little stash for me, but definitely, uh, you know, it might be hard to make the space on your roster for him.
1: Yeah, nah, worthy mention for sure. Um, all right. We called cool to jump to wide receivers.
0: Yep. Yep. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. Uh, just, you know, with the general lack of injuries this uh, week, you know, that is one of the reason the waivers aren't quite as active, but uh, Rondale Moore has, is available in quite a lot of uh, leagues. So I'll go looking for him. Cause he has averaged almost 13 points uh, per game over the last four games. And just with Hollywood Brown being out he is an integral part of this offense, he's getting you know, a good bit of targets. So, uh, yeah, I I would go out and look for him. He'd be my number one ad.
0: Yeah, yeah, he had a bad game two weeks ago, and people dropped him and thought it was, Mm -hmm. you know, done for. He had like a three-point game, and then last week he had a 20-point game. So, yeah, he was my number one waiver wire pickup a couple of weeks ago, and I definitely wouldn't have dropped him um but uh yeah he is available in some leagues including the league i'm in and i am spending a good amount of fab to try to get him so mm-hmm. um but if he's not available a guy that might be more widely available because uh you know people had kind of given up on him being the wide receiver too In pittsburgh is chase claypool um i think uh he if he's available he he could be a very solid pickup for you i mean obviously it's a little scary because we've seen uh You know, as a guy that had Cole Komet as his uh, top dog tight end and was a fan of Darnell Mooney, you know, there wasn't a lot of passing volume to go around for them. But it is increasing and getting better every week. We're seeing, you know, constant improvement from fields and that offense in general. And, uh, you know, obviously trading for Claypool is a part of that. So um, I like Claypool as a pickup for sure. Um, But, yeah, who do you got
1: no, good call on Claypool. Uh, his upside is pretty tremendous the rest of the season. So he's worth a good bit of fab. Uh, i am also mention Josh Palmer, um, not just because of Mike Williams being injured. I think he has standalone value from that, but also, I mean, Keenan Allen was absent uh, in their Monday practice coming off a of bye week. So that's not great news. Uh, I think he's still questionable to play. So hopefully he does, but. Uh, yeah, it's taking forever for him to get back on the field. So uh, there's a chance that he's out too. So Josh Palmer could be the number one wide receiver for them. So uh, keep, keep an eye out for him.
0: Yeah, nope. he was, he was on my list last week as a kind of stash he was on buy last week. So it was hard, but you know, mm-hmm. the, the, after the Mike injury or the Mike Williams injury, mm-hmm. um, it was, uh, I think he was a good pickup and yeah, he's a guy, he's the most available guy out of any of the guys we've talked about as far as these wide receivers that I are actually available in my leagues that mm-hmm. I'm uh, pay, paying up to pick up. So um, mm-hmm. I like that a lot, hundred percent. Um, I the oh the, the only other guy I have is Kadarius Tony. Um, mm, yeah. you know, obviously, he probably a lot of people gave up on him with the Giants, and uh, you know, I I was one of those people. I dropped him in a league, and I don't know. Obviously, the Chiefs' offense is still very hard to know which receivers are going to have the good game i think kadarius tony just further complicates that Mm -hmm. but certainly has high upside i mean the same thoughts that everybody was having about sky Moore and how what if he became the wide receiver one for patrick mahomes i mean that that Mm -hmm. applies to tony now as well it's just he's a little bit behind the other guys as far as learning the offense and we have seen some some character uh and i hate to even say that because i'm not a guy that really likes to subscribe to that but it's been a lot from yeah, mr yeah. Kadarius. so so uh yeah it's you know we'll see how that works out but certainly high upside and uh he's he's widely available as well
1: yeah and he's also been nicked up like constantly lately but he did say he's Maybe. healthy well, well i was gonna say he, he might have been faking that yeah <laughs> um, for part of those,
0: those character concerns yeah. yeah he might be faking injuries
1: but uh, but look like the um, the Chiefs must be considering him you know in pretty high esteem just because they gave up a third and a sixth rounder for him so that's not nothing uh, those are two you know especially a third rounder yeah if he if he was completely washed it definitely wouldn't be anywhere close to that so um, yeah no he's he's interesting It definitely complicates what's already a very complicated wide receiver room uh, didn't they
0: spend a first round pick on him like two years ago the Giants yeah yeah. I, mean, I know it was a different coaching staff and shit, but damn, you just spent a first round pick and recouped a third and a sixth. But whatever, I, I guess it, it happens. But yeah, um, well, all right. Well, I don't, do. You have any more tight wide receivers? No, nope, we can go straight to tight end. All right, yeah, tight end is right because I only have one tight end, and it is Mister Isaiah Likely, mm. and especially I am a heavily. Like, the the highest tight end ownership that I have is actually Mark Andrews, which mm-hmm. is a great highest uh, ownership to have, except for the fact that he's been nicked up. And, obviously, Isaiah likely had a complete monster of a game. Uh, what was that, Thursday night? That was Thursday night, right? Uh
1: Yeah, and I don't know how I uh, forgot in our injury report, but uh, Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman both left that game with uh, injuries. So, uh yeah. So, yeah, keep an but, eye on them. I believe they're both questionable for week nine.
0: Right. And what's so important to get to pick him up as a Mark Andrews owner is they're playing on Monday. Mm-hmm. So, if you don't roster another tight end, or I mean, even if you do roster another tight end, you're not going to mm-hmm. know whether to play them over Mark Andrews, which is very hard to do. Uh, you know, possibly until Monday night. Uh, so you're going to be in the predicament where you have to go with Andrews and kind of or might want to have to, you know, go with a lesser tight end and then Andrew plays. So it's just, it's not fun. So uh, I think the best way to avoid that is to pick up Isaiah Likely. If Andrews is in and is fully getting full snap counts, you know, you play him and if not, Isaiah Likely should be a monster of a play on Monday night.
1: Yeah, good call. He's my number one tight end pickup as well. Uh, I'll just also mention Brock. Right. He is going to be TJ Hawkinson's replacement for the Lions. Hey, they passed the ball a whole hell of a lot. So. It's, <laughs> it's just throwing that that's out fair.
0: there i think and honestly that's a that's a dynasty pickup right there for yeah, me that's yeah. like, that's like uh, every dynasty waiver wire like definitely go out and spend up on brock right i think that's a and and maybe you have the space to roster him and read but i gotta think there's more than 20 hey, there, there are some 14 titans. team leagues
1: out there They're, they exist <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that's probably <laughs> true that's probably true well, all right. Sure. Uh, let's uh let's move on. Uh, like you know, the waiver wire was kind of light this week, but I do think that the um that the trade deadline kind of shook it up a little bit and gave us some some more exciting names. But mm-hmm. in order to pick up these guys, we got to drop some other guys. So let's talk about those other guys and whether or not we drop them. And the first name on the list is a name that I want to say is near and dear to your heart, but as an Acres fan, he probably isn't. But it's Daryl Henderson um you know he's technically the starter i guess but some guy named ronnie rivers came in and got way more work than him and like he's just not scoring fantasy points so at this point are you like giving up or do you think there is some kind of hitting upside you know obviously acres didn't get moved that might convoluted even more so what are your thoughts as the resident rams fan
1: uh yeah dude first of all ronnie rivers doesn't even sound like a real like it sounds like a wwe like wrestler or something uh was just, that his
0: uh, name did i get it right
1: yeah ronnie rivers uh, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. i am a fan of alliteration though so plus one uh but yeah i mean daryl henderson is still the rb1 because uh acres wasn't traded but he said like after he wasn't traded the deadline pass that he thinks it's like best for him and his career if he just like doesn't play for the rams this year So there's like he might just not end up playing for the Rams at all this year. So I don't know what in the world has happened in that situation, but he's not someone you can count on. So, yeah, I I wouldn't drop Henderson because when he's healthy, I definitely think he's the RB one for the Rams for whatever that means. But he does catch some passes and, you know, can do some stuff in the open field. So I wouldn't drop him.
0: Yeah, with Rashad White, it's close. I own Henderson in a lot of places, and I am getting fed up, but I probably would hang on to the hidden upside. Maybe he was nicked up or injured. I mean, he was sick, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: No, he wasn't 100% this last week, so I wouldn't – like, Ronnie Rivers on an average week is not going to be starting over him.
0: Please tell me. I mean, I hope for your sake as a Rams fan that that's true. But, yeah, um, I mean, they drafted this guy in the third round. It is just surprising – to kind of see how little work he's gotten in, in, in Acre's absence. But um, I mean, even before that, Malk, you know, they were trying Malcolm Brown out and then he was mm-hmm. sucking it up and it's like, they're trying anybody, but, but Henderson, and maybe it has been injuries, but, and mm-hmm. he does stay nicked up, but, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll move on to some of these other guys. Darren Johnson. I think he was heavily picked up on anticip- uh, anticipation mm-hmm. of the, uh Kareem Hunt trade and that never happened so uh are you giving up on Dearness Johnson
1: everyone's hopes for Dearness Johnson died when the Browns beat the crap out of the Bengals because they're all in on winning this year now so Hunt isn't going anywhere uh Dearness Johnson can be dropped he's third on the depth chart and he's barely gotten any touches this year so dropping
0: yep I agree. I would drop him for any of the guys we named, including Deion Jackson. Um, yep. All right. What about Hunter Renfro? Hunter Renfro has been severely disappointing. Maybe one of the biggest fall-offs from wide receiver 13 in PPR to uh, – I mean, I, it would take me a minute to scroll and find where he's on this list right now. But uh, pretty, pretty bad overall. Obviously, the Raiders offense put up a goose egg this past week, even with Devontae Adams not being a factor. Uh, you know, Renfro still didn't have a great game. So, are you dropping Renfro for a guy like um Darius Toney, Joshua Palmer, Chase Claypool? Uh,
1: absolutely, absolutely. There is one game this year where Renfro has more than nine points, and in that game, he had (laughs) 10.9. Like, his his floor is terrible, his ceiling is terrible. No, I'm out dropping.
0: Yeah, I concur. It's I I drafted him pretty. I drafted him a couple places in Dynasty, and that is that's the worst kick in the nads. But if I um, can drop
1: Cam Acres, you can drop Renfro. You can do it.
0: Not in Dynasty.
1: Oh, uh, that. Oh, yeah. No, not in Dynasty.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's oh, well, I'm, I'm not saying. dropping Acres
1: in Dynasty. <laughs>
0: No, no. I was saying I got Renfro in Dynasty, and that's like oh, the worst. That's like the worst yeah. kick in the Nats. But I mean, he still might pull through. He's not terribly old, despite looking it. <laughs> uh, but uh, all right. Uh, so dropping Renfro. What about Wandell Robinson? So people are quick to give up on him. He had two good weeks and then a bad week, and the Giants just had a bad week overall. Um, are you giving up on Wandell for for one of the names we mentioned, or all of the names we mentioned?
1: No, if you're giving up on Robinson, that's way too much too early. I mean, he's he's shown that he has the ability to be the number one wide receiver on that offense. Uh, he's been doing really good lately. It's just like the Seahawks defense against wide receivers is no joke this year. They're they're one of the better ones. And these two rookie uh, corners they have are not to be played with. So, uh, yeah, I, and I think also some of those drops are in anticipation that he has a bye week this week. So people are just you know trying to fill fill the gap.
0: Yeah, no, that could um, be very true. Um, so yeah, I and, wouldn't. And drop yeah, him. I would. You wouldn't drop him for any of the names we mentioned.
1: I mean, you know, if you really need, you know, if Rondell Moore is there,
0: yeah, yeah, I would drop him for for Rondell Rondell for Wandell. but uh, <laughs> but um, I yeah, no, I think Wondell. It's tough with him and Claypool for me, but with with Palmer, ooh, even Palmer. If you need a play this week i get it yeah he's i'd like to be able to stash him but it it is on on the roughest bye week this is actually the week with the most teams off it's six Mm -hmm. teams uh it very well could be a necessity that you have to drop a guy like him and sometimes that's the case depending on how deep your rosters are but um but yeah i'd like to hold on to him as well what about irv smith uh you kind of mentioned uh that but um yeah, he's well, he honestly, this was probably not the best name to mention because I think he's injured too, right? Well, Didn't they put yeah, him on we,
1: IR? we we left some names out on the injury report. Uh, it's not yeah. as good when you add them all. Uh, so Herb Smith is out for six to eight weeks, uh, which is yeah. one of the reasons they moved to get Hawkinson. So, uh, with he's now the tight end too, and he's not going to be back until like a month and a half, two months from now. So, he's basically going to be irrelevant. Uh, so yeah, drop him.
0: Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I don't think I realized that he was going to be injured for six to eight weeks when I put his name on this list, so that is my bad. But yeah, definitely, I understand why he was one of the most dropped players now. Uh, makes sense. Uh, all right, well, let's move on. Let's get to the dog discussions. And we're going to start with a discussion, a continuation of us discussion uh <laughs>
1: Teams a lot of that
0: need to draft and acquire positions, and this week it is wide receiver. So we're going to talk about the top five to seven teams. I'm going to say the top seven teams because that's how many I have that <laughs> need to draft and aqu- or acquire a wide receiver next off season. So. Um, one of those teams, definitely, they're still on the list, but one of those teams kind of helped themselves out in the, after the trade deadline with the Bears. But, um, but yeah, definitely there's a lot of other teams on this list. So, Nate, I'll let you start out. And if you want to start with, I don't know, if you, like, organize them by who needs it the most or if you just have a list, but just start wherever you want to start.
1: Yeah, um, it, it's not in exact uh, order, but, you know, the teams that I named first are a little bit more in need. Uh, I, the Houston Texans are very much in need of a wide receiver. Uh, I don't think they can rely on Brandon cooks to be himself for, you know, forever, even into next year. Um, it sounds like he kind of wants out and plus they need a little bit of youth there. Um, and I, I love John Mechie. I love that they have him as well, but also they just need to add, you know, another outside guy, I feel. So um, if John Mechie comes back hundred percent and they're probably not at, you know, the top of this list, but um, you know, the Texans are definitely in need of a pass catcher.
0: Yeah, and unfortunately, I mean, I haven't had heard in, uh, an update as far as Mechie's status recently, and we're hoping him the best. But you know, he does. Uh, just in case anybody has forgotten, you know, he's been diagnosed with leukemia. So it's it's we, you know, at this point, we're just hoping that that it doesn't get you know serious, and he can come back and and, and be on the field one day. So there's definitely that risk that 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 wouldn't happen. And so I definitely, you know, agree that they, they're in desperate need of some, some whiteouts. So they are also at the top of my list, but the team that is at the top, top of my list is the giants. Um, man, it is so rough watching the giants and they just traded away. Kadarius Tony, their former first round pick at wide receiver. So they tried to address the issue. Now they traded him away to try to, I guess, fix it again, possibly, but, um, yeah, uh, they they desperately, desperately, desperately need because it's not fair. You know, Daniel Jones is playing as well as anybody could. But it's like if Aaron Rodgers had half the talent and also had half the talent around him, that's what the Giants are right now. And they have a better record than the Packers somehow. So. Uh, you know, that's a testament to them. But at the same time, they desperately need wide receivers and it's painful to watch uh, even as they're winning games. So, um, you know, I think they're, they're going to spend a first round pick on, on that.
1: Hey, hey, hey don't, don't you diss that Giants O-line now. Uh, Andrew Thomas is kicking ass and taking names over there, but uh, yeah, the Giants were a top three team for me uh, as far as in need of a wide receiver, for sure. Um, this, this next team, you probably won't agree with quite as much, but, Uh, I think the Titans are in desperate need of adding another wide receiver. Um, you know, even if, you know, Traylon does work out, you know, me and Josiah have been back and forth on that, but, uh, they're going to need someone opposite him. Uh, and if he doesn't work out, then they're obviously going to need somebody. But, uh, I think I saw where AJ Brown has like more wide or receiving yards so far this year than all the Titans wide receivers combined. So, uh, it's pretty abysmal over there. They definitely need some help. So uh they're a team that I I could see making a move.
0: I don't disagree at all. They're fourth on my list, and um yeah, I, I don't disagree with anything you said. I think Traylon Burks will still work out, but you know, you still need at least two, and it's, that's the thing. They don't have a tight end, they don't have a wide, like there's no, you know, balance counterbalancing option. Uh I mean, you know, Robert Woods has had a couple of good games, but at this point, I think it's clear he's more of a uh Auxiliary piece than a than a you know a, a, a premier piece on a on a team. So they need to get that premier piece. I have them on the list as well. I also have the Patriots on the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know they've sort of maybe addressed it with. I mean, I don't think Tycon Thornton is is addressing it the the to the level that they need. They need like a guy. Like we see what happens when these quarterbacks get a guy. Like you get Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, you get Tua Tungavaloa. Uh, Tyreek Hill, you get um. Uh, well, I, I was was gonna say Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, but the that one isn't as as support my point <laughs> as well. But but uh, you know, you you need to get your quarterbacks uh, you know, a real stud, and I think that uh, Mac Jones to really get a shot. I mean, Jacoby Myers is great. I think he's an awesome number two, but um, I don't think they have a true number one there. And with Devonte Parker, who's playing pretty well this season, you know going to be aging and getting another year older i think the gas tank's going to run out pretty soon on him and uh you know they're they're going to need to find somebody else
1: yeah i agree they were probably next up for me uh they're yeah they have some good pieces there i'm intrigued by Taquan thornton and you know jacoby myers uh you know for fantasy purposes he is wide receiver 13 in points per game this year so um actually doing surprisingly well but uh yeah, they definitely uh, you know, if if they're able to do that with that group, I think they could do a lot more. Um, Mac Jones could do a lot more with adding a number one guy. Um, so I, I think they're still in need there. Uh the next team up for me is gotta mention them again, the Falcons. They're in need of a lot of things, but um, with them you know trading away calvin ridley specifically i think they definitely need to fill that wide receiver two hole um brian edwards is just not it and you know Dem- demir bird is a nice like deep guy on occasion but he's not a consistent wide receiver two by any means so uh falcons need help there and um yeah i would like someone similar to ridley and that you know a really good route runner wins through separation and stuff to kind of you know offer a contrast to the style of pits and um london where they're really uh you know catching traffic type guys so um yep falcons are another one
0: yeah i was thinking about this and i mean um I think that I I agree. We do need to get somebody. I think we're probably gonna more be more likely to address it in free agency, Mm -hmm. or maybe try to get like a second. I mean, we do have multiple seconds this year, Mm. so maybe I could see us spinning, you know, a second on receiver. But with us spinning of uh, you know the ninth overall pick um and then uh was it nine for drake london and then you know the number four overall pick for Pitts on two receiving options that we barely use it was a little better last game but still barely um the you know it's uh, i think that we're gonna have to spend the high draft capital on some other positions uh this year but that being said i do think we need to get a guy in some shape or fashion so um they were towards the bottom of my list the guy uh, the team that i have a little bit higher is the packers um, yeah. it seems like every year, well, it's like, even when Devonte was there, it was like, we're waiting on him to get the second guy, you know, it seems mm-hmm. like they're always on this list. And now, you know, we see, um, you know, I, I and Rogers hasn't been completely busting by any means. I mean, he was my bust quarterback, but he hmm. hasn't been the, the, the dependable Rogers and he hasn't been having the big time games, um, and I think a lot of that has to do with his receiving core. We see how young and green they are, and even the best, uh, the the best looking one so far, Romeo Dobbs had a game where he dropped, I believe, three or four passes. So, uh, you know, even even but the best case scenarios aren't ideal right now. So um, I think, you know, it's going to be more likely, again, they might look in free agency just because they don't like to use high draft capital on receivers clearly. And uh, I think, you know, Rogers probably wants somebody that's a little bit more experienced and not have to go through the whole loop of, um, you know, but of course, if you draft a guy like Olave or, uh, you know, uh, Wilson. That's ready for the NFL. You don't have to go through this quite as much. But anyways, um, uh, yeah, that's the uh, Packers are are on my list.
1: Well, look, they spent the thirty fourth overall pick on Christian Watson when they could have had George Pickens. It yeah. they could have solved so much of their problems right there. They spent high draft capital just on the wrong individual. And I still think uh, Watson can work out, but he's just been nicked up all this year, and he's just not helping them right now. Um, so yeah, I, I think Packers are definitely in need there. Uh, apparently they were in the sweepstakes to get Claypool. Um, Aaron Rodgers was on the Pat McAfee show like around the trade deadline time, and he was like, "I expect to hear some news." Uh, but uh, they they put in a, a second round offer for Claypool, and the Bears swooped in underneath them and uh, stole them at the last minute. So uh, yeah, Bears should be happy about that. But um, Packers tried and failed. Um, so.
0: The Bears with a rare win over Aaron Rodgers and the Packers.
1: Yeah, they, yeah, the uh, tides may be turning. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that's about it for uh, teams I had listed. I mean, I also just briefly the Cowboys. Uh, I think they could use a little more firepower at the position. So, um, but you know, they're a little bit further down the list.
0: I had the Bears. Still, I still yeah. think the Bears could use one more one more weapon. But I do think they're. Uh, much further along their way after the trade deadline and then lastly the Panther, I mean look here's the thing the Panthers need uh, just about one or two of every position but uh, I mean their defense is, is is a little bit more solid but um but you know, I do think that um, they're, they're going to need another guy opposite DJ Moore, who once again last week I mistakenly said he had a thirty-point game. Yeah, it was only a twenty, and it was only a twenty-point game. Well, this week he scored twenty-eight points, something another. So basically, thirty points. Put it in the books. I predicted it mistakenly.
1: Yeah, I think you're you're speaking it into existence.
0: Yes, uh, yes. Thank you, DJ Moore. Right after I traded for you in a dynasty league. Um. All right. Uh let's move on. Let's move on to our next segment discussion, which is talking about this trade deadline uh, a little bit deeper and talking about the winners and losers talking about who we think some of the biggest movers and shakers in the um, fantasy space are as a result of these trades. And I will open this up and talk about my boy, Justin Fields and man, it is looking better and better for fields. He came out as my, my, um, my uh, quarterback uh, three after the draft, but he was my two pre-draft just based off of before landing spots. He's looking better and better each week. And I really think that Claypool and Mooney are going to complement each other. Well, Claypool is this big body athletic freak and Mooney runs these nice crisp routes and has just elite crisp quickness uh so i think that they're going to complement each other well and uh i definitely think the fields is well on his way i mean a couple weeks ago i was telling you oh i have him on leagues and he's my quarterback three and i'm just hoping i don't have to start him most weeks well he is the quarterback eleven. Uh, three weeks later. So, uh, and that's overall, like, so, so he's, um, really turning it around. It's been three really, really good weeks. And, uh, you know, my hopes are very high right now. And so adding Claypool was a great move. They did lose some defensive pieces, with trading Robert Quinn and trading, um, Roquan. uh roquan so you know it it from that perspective but as far as fantasy goes that just means they're going to get it's more points scored on him yeah, yeah exactly they're just going to get more points scored on him and now fields has a has a down the field weapon uh and a big body you know can get go up and get catches over people and that's uh helpful with a guy that doesn't always place the ball the the in the best place so uh you know i think this is a really really good um and honestly, I think this is great for Chase Claypool as well because it's a much less crowded um, wide receiver core, so I think they're both winners in this situation, kind of a win-win for everybody.
1: Yeah, I mean, regardless of what happens in fantasy, you know, Chase Claypool is easily the most talented wide receiver for the Bears uh, right now. You know, Mooney's fine, but he Claypool can be a legit wide receiver one for them. I really like the combo. Um, you know, Fields, he struggles a little bit with putting touch on his ball, but if you ask him to just gun it downfield, he's definitely a little bit better. So, yeah, um, really, really good for uh, both of them, I feel, mostly for Fields. Um, yeah, good good call there. Uh, I also have them as winners, plus uh, Kirk Cousins. Just adding TJ Hawkinson to, you know, already having Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook is just – Pretty insane. So, yeah, it's, you know, they're humming right now and it's a team that's making a push to go to the Super Bowl. So uh, I feel like Kirk Cousins has got even more weapons to play with. Uh, also, Kadarius Tony, just, you know, in a situation where he wasn't playing at all with the Giants or barely. And uh, now he's with the Chiefs. It uh, does, you know, offer him a lot more upside than he had previously. So I think it's a, he's definitely a winner for this, m- more so in Dynasty than Redraft.
0: Yeah, no, I think the Vikings six and one. The Vikings are, yeah. uh, they're, they're looking really good, and this is only going to make them look better. Hawkinson was the ninth overall pick, and they just traded him for a second. Like this is another case where, like, I mean, whatever. I guess they're in rebuild, and they have enough weapons, and J Mo's about to be back. But you know, uh, Hawkinson's a really well rounded, well rounded tight end. He's a good blocker um and uh you know i think this is really good for the vikings and honestly not so good for for the lions um but uh we're still talking about winners my next winner is jeff wilson so jeff wilson everybody was you know oh christian mccaffrey came and christian mccaffrey did come and he scored a passing touchdown a rushing touchdown and a catch of a receiving touchdown so he just went the fuck off scored 42 points uh fantastic uh very excited for him um and but uh jeff wilson uh it was now traded to the dolphins uh mm-hmm. and he is now with his old head or not head coach but with his old um OC. was it the running running was it the oc or the running backs coach? okay it was the i it believe was the it was
1: the oc but uh yeah uh, I can check yeah that.
0: Um, but yeah, you know, either way, a uh, guy that, and you know, what's funny is Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson were both uh, in that Mike McDaniel system when he was uh, in San Francisco, and now uh, they, you know, he can go and be in a system that he's familiar with, probably get some work, work right away, and he, him, and Raheem Mostert once again should share that role. So um, I think it's kind of rejuvenated his role, and he's kind of back to his a similar value to what he had uh, before McCaffrey, uh, you know, came and and joined. I think.
1: Yep, I agree with you there, and uh, yeah, he uh, was the offensive coordinator in twenty twenty one for the Forty Nine ers. So okay,
0: okay,
1: glad to be right on that one. Um, yeah, good, good calls there. Uh, one guy I'll just throw in at the end. Um, you know, Amon Ra I think could benefit from this a little bit. Just you know, it's less short target opportunities to be taken away by Hawkinson, so I, I feel like this only adds a little bit of value to to him. So that's the last I have for the winners. Uh, unless you have anything to add, we can get to the losers.
0: Yep, yep, go ahead. You can go ahead and start us off with your first loser. Yes,
1: James Cook. Big-time loser here, Uh, both in redraft and dynasty, honestly, because, I mean, this Naeem Hines trade, this is exactly the role that you were hoping James Cook would play in this offense, and it's not like it's a one-year rental type thing. Like, Naeem Hines is signed until 2025, like he's there for a minute, so this is um, this is bad news for Cook, both in redraft and dynasty.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate because Cook had a good game last week. Like he was honestly going to be on my pickups for a, uh, uh, you know, he had like 10, 10 or eleven points. I had some really good plays, and it wasn't just in garbage time. He seemed like he was getting some work, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this works out. I mean. I don't know how serious the commitment to Singletary is going to be going forward. Um, but yeah, him and Naeem Hines are kind of projected to be similar style back. So, um, you know, they spent a second round pick on cook. I wouldn't expect them to give up this quickly. And it's not like they paid a lot. They gave away mm-hmm. Zach, Zach Moss, who's, you know, nothing on their team mm-hmm. and, uh, and a fifth round pick. So it's not like they traded, you know, everything away to fix an issue or something, but it does crowd that backfield, and certainly Naeem Hines is a lot more proven. I still think James Cook has more talent than Naeem mm-hmm. Hines um, in that role, so I would think that Naeem Hines is going to win out, but it just it does make make me scratch my head why they made this move. So I think that's a good call. Um, I'm not writing off uh, Cook and Dynasty, certainly, but it is uh, uh, a lot more worrisome. I mean, he was already somebody that you know you would have expected to start turning out, and he finally was. Uh, starting to turn out points, but um, but yeah, it's kind of murky from here, so we'll see what happens going forward, but uh, I agree with that one. My first loser is going to be Kareem Hunt, and this is mm. due to lack of a trade because almost any team that would have traded for Kareem Hunt, it would have been an upgrade as far as his situation Um, I mean, look, he's still going to get you that 10, 12 points. He got you 10 points last week. That's what he typically does. It's not that it's just we were all hoping there would be another like top 12, top 15 back in the dynasty landscape with some of the injuries we've had. And that did not happen. So honestly, you know, maybe Kareem Hunt's not as much of a loser because maybe he really likes being in Cleveland. I don't know whether he wants to go or stay, but um you know i think fantasy the fantasy space is a loser here because we didn't get um you know an elite back in it with a better opportunity to get more work
1: yeah um you know especially because hunt you know in preseason was asking for a trade uh, but uh didn't get it so that was one reason people thought he would uh, definitely get traded this time and it's the last year of his contract but um, you know nick chubb gets to keep his best friend around so good for him i'm mad at my rams for not making a move for this guy and securing him but he said
0: they would have taken a fourth
1: dude how do you not do that like <laughs> i know that's what i'm saying it's so ridiculous um yeah i don't know who knows maybe the rams are throwing in the towel this year uh we'll see but uh, yeah kareem Hunt, definitely a loser there um Irv Smith I had him but I feel like he's a little too obvious with the injury and everything so uh, I'll I'll just mention Cam Akers I mean especially if he's not going to play for the Rams and just he's going to sit in limbo the rest of the year I you know there's a chance he could just you know give you all goose eggs the rest of the year so really really bad for him you were hoping somebody would make a move but uh yeah just, just shit so uh yeah he's definitely a big time loser
0: yeah really, really bad for him and really, really bad for you on your on your dynasty uh and fantasy team so that sucks yeah he was definitely I know he was your guy and that's just one of the most frustrating things is like what the fuck even happened like he was got the work and and it- then and then he And then he just like, I'm not playing anymore. And yeah,
1: it's because here's the thing if I was like just wrong about the injury and him coming back from that, he just like could not perform at all. That's one thing, but this is like all off the field shit. And the fact the Rams have the worst run blocking O line in the league. But
0: well, uh, to be fair, to be fair, he wasn't exactly he did play three or four games and he wasn't exactly you know blowing it up in fantasy either. But that being said, like he didn't have the opportunity for us to really know if it was the injury or if it was the terrible Rams offensive line or, you know, what, yeah, what's. because it's been the same happened. story
1: for every other back. They've tried to plot back there between Henderson to Rivers. So, uh, yeah, um, yeah, really weird situation, very odd. But, yeah, uh, Acres big-time loser.
0: Yeah, I would have hoped he would have gotten drafted at the trade, uh traded at the trade deadline as well. Yeah. Um, my last loser is going to be Aaron Rodgers. This is the team you're stuck with, bud. <laughs> this is what you got. Um, do your best uh, three and five to try to, you know, wrestle yourself into a wild card spot to lose to whatever better team you're playing. Yeah, But that's what's going to happen. And the only reason why that's happening is because you're in the NFC and not the AFC. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, yeah, uh, it's, it's not good. They aren't going to really be contenders this year. And Aaron Rodgers, you know, he seems to be, Taking it a little bit better than he was, but he's gonna have gonna be very frustrated this season. I think
1: they, if they don't want him to like just say fuck it and retire, which is what he'll threaten, um, you know, they're gonna need to add another receiver in the offseason. So, uh, yeah, really well, this
0: year, they, they this year, they saved him from doing it by adding Randall Cobb.
1: Oh man, and he kept <laughs> talking so that? highly about Randall Cobb too. Like, he, that was for real, he, was like, his he guy, he wanted Cobb.
0: It... Randall Cobb signed with the team, and he ended up signing his contract like the next day, or, or working his shit like out the next problems day. problems are solved. Exactly. It's like, well, so all you got to do is get a former receiver of his on the team. But, anyways, uh, let's move on. That is our trade deadline winners and losers. Some good discussions there. Yeah. Let's now talk about the 2023 class. So we are starting right. to shift our focus, as you know, in the off season uh we watch many many hours of tape many many hours of film on all of the rookie prospects and have a blast breaking all of that down so we are kind kind of starting to dip our toes in the water and do that of course we're watching college football as well and keep an eye eye on the guys that we like but um you know as uh, next week just a little uh look forward we're going to do a uh first round mock draft a first round 2023 mock draft uh that's going to be an exercise we're doing but this week as we're preparing for that we're kind of just talking about some risers and fallers uh from the 2023 class specifically so we did a Devi episode um a couple of months back um so kind of drawing from that and where we had some of those guys ranked and um you know um, where the fantasy space in general had them ranked, and you know where where people are seeing them now. So let's uh, let Nate start out with his first.
1: Yep, first guy for me. Riser. Uh, <laughs> I just thought you <laughs> forgot the last word, but you're. I sneezed.
0: A... I sneezed and muted. I'm sorry. Oh. I didn't want the audience to have to hear my sneeze. So Man, that buzzer. was what that weird <laughs> that weird pause was for. I tried to get through the sentence, but yes, Nate, start with your first uh, 2023 class riser.
1: Yeah, after that very dramatic pause, uh, my first riser is going to be Zach Charbonnet, uh, running back for UCLA. This guy has been awesome this year. I, I you know, I thought it was a dumb decision on his part to come back and play, but because uh, I thought he could have gotten taken in, you know, the third or fourth round in last year's draft. But and this draft is more loaded with running backs. But he didn't care. He came back, and he's proven me wrong because he's. I mean, honestly, he could very well end up being a top three running back in this class for me. I mean, he he's risen that much. He's been amazing this year. He's, uh, let me see, in, sorry, I had it pulled up just a second ago, in just seven games so far, he has almost 1,200 total yards and 10 touchdowns in seven games. Uh, yeah, he, he's been a menace, and uh, you know he's coming out this year, so that makes it uh, even easier.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I definitely, he has risen for me as well. Um, you were higher on him, I think to begin with in this class, you know, I'm a little bit of an ageist and the fact he didn't come out last year kind of scares me off a little, but he has, you know, really been doing the work and he's still not terribly old. He'll be 22 this upcoming season. So, um, you know, still old enough for me to, um, buy into. Um, so yeah, I like that. Um, my riser, and this is a guy that has risen a lot. I mean, I, I, he was my uh, wide receiver five in this upcoming class. And now I don't know whether to put him at two. I mean, one is probably pushing it, but I can make the argument in my head at least. But it's Quentin Johnston uh, mm. for TCU. And boy, this man has gone off. So first of all, in the past five weeks, he's caught in a t- I'm sorry, four weeks. He's caught in a touchdown every single week um and he um you know the the past couple games we got uh 4 4 for 76 4 for 74 8 for 180 14 for 206 so he is just a complete like game changing you know take over the game and uh, you know, win the game and a touchdown in all of these games that I just mentioned. And in all four of these games, his long was 55 yards, 55 yards, 48 yards, 53 yards. So he's catching a bomb or he's catching and running with the ball in every single game. So I'm really, and he's doing this against good teams. I mean, as far as his conference goes, at least this is against Kansas, who is ranked 19, uh, Oklahoma State, who's currently ranked eight. And Kansas uh, uh, Kansas State is currently ranked 17, so he's 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 shown out in big games uh, against ranked opponents. And I'm his overall stats for the season is 42 receptions, 650 yards, uh, four touchdowns. Uh, and he's averaging 15.5 yards a catch. So all of this is just tremendous, tremendous. Like he's, he's pushing, he's definitely going to be in my top three at this point, but he's going to be pushing, uh, you know, for the wide receiver one, uh, once i start breaking down and really diving d- into this film. And that's something we, you know, we haven't necessarily done yet. We we still have a lot of time to, to really start digging and diving in, but this is just off of us watching the games and impressions and, you know, us, us keeping a beat on the, the college landscape
1: yeah yeah, i uh I agree with all that. Uh, he's a really intriguing prospect, huge uh, wide receiver. He's like what six four so six
0: four yeah two uh two seventeen is what he's listed at. so yeah
1: yeah, yeah, but kind of similar to Claypool to be honest with you, but um yeah, I'll be very interested to see how he does it at the combine, but on tape he's been awesome this year. uh wide receiver I'll mention is Jalen Hyatt for Tennessee. Uh, this guy came out of nowhere this year, but uh, yeah, because last year he didn't even have 300 total yards. And this year in eight games, he has over 914 touchdowns in eight games. Uh, he's, he's been a monster and just mainly what he did against Alabama really impressed me. I mean, they just could not cover that dude. So, um, you know, be very interested in what he does against uh, Georgia in this upcoming weekend. Very excited to watch that game. Go, dogs. Uh, but yeah, if, if, hopefully he doesn't torch us like that, but if he does, he's going to rise even more for me, but Jalen Hyatt has been a pleasant surprise.
0: Yep. Uh, in total agreement there as well. Um, a guy that has risen for me, I know he probably hasn't risen for you. Cause I believe he was your RB two in this class, but he was a little bit further down. I think he was four or five for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at this point I think he's pretty solidly locked into my top three i mean we'll see i don't want to say that it could be too early but yeah sean tucker sean tucker definitely looks really really good to me um you know he's uh had one or two games where you know it, it still wasn't bad but well, this game wasn't bad at all. He had five carries for 54 yards. That's 10 yards a carry, but he only had five carries for some reason. But he's also had games of 23 for 232. So that's literally 23 carries averaging 10 yards. That's fucking insane. <laughs> like, yeah, like that's that's insane. And he also had three touchdowns, by the way, in that game. So uh, he's had seven touchdowns on the season. He is the absolute engine for his offense. And, uh, you know, it's Syracuse, but, you know, they're being competitive in most of their games. I mean, unfortunately, they weren't competitive against Notre Dame somehow this week, but, you know, they almost beat Clemson. They did beat uh, North Carolina State, so they're, they're playing really good teams. And by the way, North Carolina State, he had 14 carries for 98 yards and a touchdown, so... Uh, really helped them win that game. So, yeah, Sean Tucker's look really good to me. Um, I think the top two running back spots are pretty much locked in for me at this point uh, with Bijan and Jameer, but Sean Tucker's probably rounding out that three spot for me unless, uh, you know, one of these other guys nipping at his heels does something special.
1: Yeah, he's he's definitely in contention for that. Uh, you know, Charbonnet is nipping at his heels, but uh, you know, Tucker's been really good this year, just not quite as consistent. But over a thousand yards, nine touchdowns, all in eight games so far. So he's he's carrying the load over there. Um, I also mentioned just real quick, Blake Corum, running back for Michigan. He is legitimately in Heisman contention and definitely for Doak Walker Award. But he's been amazing this year. A uh, little undersized. He's you know listed at 5'8", 200 pounds. Uh, hopefully he comes in at 200 pounds or over, preferably. But uh, he's he's rocked up, and he looks to have you know quite a bit of quickness to him. But I mean, yeah, he's he's over um, 1,100 yards and 15 touchdowns this season in only eight games, so been really impressive. Uh, but I'm telling you, no one is touching Charbonnet's uh, 7.5 yards per carry this year. He's it's been kind of outrageous. But uh, anyway, Blake Corum uh, also been very impressive.
0: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, let's move on to some of these fallers and Nate, I'll let you start out. I have a name on here, but I feel like you might take it first, but let's see who you, where you start out with. Oh,
1: all right. I'm just going to mention a few last name risers later on, we'll, we'll get to the fallers. Um, but, uh, number one for me, uh, Anthony Richardson quarterback for yep. Florida, uh, yeah, you know, I haven't been a huge fan of this guy, but uh, I just wasn't a big buyer into his ability, especially as a passer. And this year, he's, he's struggled with that again. He's completing only 55% of his passes, uh, barely over 200 passing yards a game, seven passing touchdowns, seven interceptions. So just really struggling in that regard. Uh, you know, he's a good runner, but not a game breaker by any means. He's not like, you know, Lamar or Cam Newton or anything. Uh, averaging 50 rushing yards per game and he has six rushing touchdowns in eight games so not bad there but just not enough especially at the NFL level to compensate for his lack of ability in the pocket so um, Anthony Richardson is a, another faller for me or a faller.
0: Yep, yep. Uh I was much higher on Anthony Richardson. I mean, I think I had him as my twenty fourth overall you know, Debbie prospect. So it wasn't that I was, you know, foaming at the mouth like I've seen some people on Twitter do. But mm-hmm. uh yeah, he has looked pretty terrible as a passer and Georgia completely made him look even worse. I mean, you know, Georgia's gonna do that to most teams, uh except for in the third quarter. Third quarter things started mm-hmm. to, to come together, but uh but yeah, uh definitely a faller for me too. Um and since you that was one of the names on my list, but um I will throw out a quarterback that you were a little bit higher on, my friend. And that's Tyler Van Dyke. Ooh. Um, Tyler Van Dyke has not looked very good. Um, I mean, he's had a couple of good games to be fair, but he's also He's been hurt to be fair. Yeah, he's also had you know two games of 50% completion rate um you know his stats are 10 10 touchdowns and four uh, interceptions but yes he is he's questionable to play in this next game um he didn't play in last week's game so um you know definitely not not knocking him for that but even when he was there not really looking like a i mean you know we were talking about how deep this quarterback class is in this next draft right now there's maybe like four or five guys that I'm like kind of can see, but there's definitely not seven or eight like people were talking about preseason, yeah. you know? So, so, uh, you know, I think maybe these two guys are two of the names that may have fallen out of that, like, especially first round contention. Mm.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, you could argue another guy is kind of taking his place or a, a riser that I had handed hooker. Um, he's, he's really impressed for Tennessee. He's a little bit older player, but, um, definitely been far better than Richardson this year.
0: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So Um, you're in another riser there, but you got another follower.
1: (laughs) Yep. Yep. I do. Uh, Yeah. uh, Van Dyke definitely has followed even a little bit for me. So hopefully he gets it back together. He may end up staying another year so he could end up being a 2024 class guy Um, uh, running back uh, Kendall Milton uh, running back for UGA. Uh, I am out on Kendall Milton. I do not think he's an NFL talent definitely has the ability, you know, as pure talent wise, he's all there, but that just doesn't have good vision and gets tripped up way too easily. He's always, you know, like one small tackle away from making a play. Um, So, yeah, he, you know, he's shown some stuff on film, but I just watching him play all year. I just do not think he's, he's NFL material. So Kendall Milton, he's kind of dropped off.
0: Yep. And that is a dog. Um, you know, I think we've been doing a good job of saying where these players play, but hopefully, um, you know, uh, we haven't, haven't missed with that. Obviously, I don't think with Anthony Richardson, do we say that he's, he's the quarterback from Florida?
1: Yeah, he, he is, he is the quarterback from Florida. He is the quarterback for Florida, but
0: yes, And (laughs) Hedeker is the quarterback for Tennessee, but yes. Uh, um, yeah, I do uh, think that, uh, yeah, I agree. Kendall Milton, I have him in a couple of Debbie leagues and I'm not super stoked about it. So, uh, maybe like a third round pick in, in dynasty drafts. I could see him being, um, but definitely we had higher hopes than that. Um, Well, the last follower I have is going to be Mr. Kayshawn Boutte. So Mm -hmm. um, it was Kayshawn and JSN, you know, that was supposed to be the the two wide receivers at the top of this class. And I still think that Kayshawn could be one of the top receivers of this class. It's just, he hasn't been getting utilized he's had some off the field or not even off the field uh, he's been screaming at the coach on the on the field you know uh at at um oh what's the coach brian kelly uh, uh yeah. on, on the field so uh is that his name chip yeah. kelly brian right? Kelly. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: No, you're good. okay you it's brian <laughs> kelly.
0: okay okay Brian. yeah chip chips with ucla that's yeah, right. yeah um but yeah so yeah brian kelly uh you know just um yeah, it's uh, he's I think he's going to have character concerns. he's he's basically only played a complete season, his freshman year mm-hmm. uh, and it was a spectacular freshman year, but, you know it's he's had a lot of, you know, he didn't he set out the covid year. and then uh, well, he started to play, and then the team looked like it sucked. and then he just set out. So that was kind of lame. And then he came back this year and now he's sort of doing something similar. Has he been playing the last couple games? Honestly, I haven't been keeping up with LSU. Uh, maybe uh, I should check in on that. He could he could have scored, you know, uh, a thousand points last game. But but yeah, you know, I, I haven't been. You know, I definitely think he's fallen off. I don't think he's most people's one or two at this point. Uh, for me, Jordan Addison and uh, Quentin Johnson are firmly above him. And you know, JSN probably deserves to be above him as well. It's just he's been injured and. It's kind of been out of sight, out of mind, but I still think JSN, I would rather have over him as well. So that pushes him to four and possibly, you know, a guy like Hyatt or something, once I dive into the film, could could stand out and, and maybe push above it because I have more of a sample size to go off of. And obviously we know that Kayshawn is a tremendous athlete and we know that he was a five-star prospect. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot to give him the benefit of the doubt for, but at some point you got to play football for me to, you know, put you as one of my top players at your position. So he's definitely fallen for me.
1: Yep. I definitely agree. Um, he, he's, you know, the combine and draft capital are going to mean everything to him. So it'll be really interesting to see what comes of that. Um, another guy that I I've just, I mean, he's fallen off the map, uh, Eric Gilbert. This was a guy that used to be a first rounder in in Debbie drafts, but, Uh, yeah, he's, you know, tight end slash wide receiver for UGA, but, uh, he has played in three games this year. He has two receptions for 16 yards. So yeah, it's the Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington. So, and even, uh, some, some lesser known names. I mean, he's nowhere near being a playable there. So yeah, Eric Gilbert, unless he really turns it around or, you know, gets great draft capital. Um, he's, his value is in pretty low right now.
0: Yep. Totally agree with that. Uh, yeah, at first I was like, "Who the fuck is that?" And I was like, "Oh shit, he plays for the Dogs." <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, that's funny. But uh, all right, well,
1: I real quick, I do have to add in some last minute risers that you skipped over on me. Um, oh, uh, well, we're only I,
0: supposed to do two each, but okay, keep on, keep I, on rising. Keep, I do not care. Uh, I,
1: I just have to give a positive shout out to Dalton uh, Kincaid. Kincaid, I'm not sure exactly how you say it, but. Um, yeah. Cincinnati. Yeah, uh, for Utah, I believe.
0: Oh, Utah. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but uh, no, he he has been awesome this year. Easily the tight end two in this class behind Michael Mayer. Uh, but I mean, just his best game of the year versus USC: sixteen receptions, two hundred and thirty-four yards, and a touchdown. Uh, just an absurd game. So yeah, keep an eye on him. He's risen a lot. Now we can move on.
0: All right. I did not do all this work to- for nothing. <laughs> no, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Uh well, let's uh go on and have uh one more dynasty discussion. And the game of dynasty would you rather? So obviously this is would you rather roster? This has nothing to do with attraction. Um, so just want to throw that out there. Uh but that ruins my uh, rank. <laughs> oh jimmy g was at the top of my list yeah um uh, but um all right we're playing dynasty would you rather and we tried to put some surprising some names that if we know we would have said this at the beginning of the year probably would have been an obvious answer but um let's start at quarterback and go daniel jones or Derek carr who would you rather have and obviously this is in dynasty
1: this one was so tough for me um With the recent drop-off we've seen of some of these quarterbacks in their mid-30s and stuff, it's not everyone's Tom Brady. Not everyone's going to last forever. Um, Derek Carr's already 31. Uh, I think Daniel Jones has shown me enough this year where I'll take his side.
0: Yeah, it's scary because I still don't know that I think that – He just doesn't have a contract. Yeah, well, I still don't know if I think that Daniel Jones has the – like talent that Derek Carr has in my mm-hmm. head, but at the same time he's winning games and he's even putting up very valuable fantasy games because of his rushing value. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I think I would side with you there as well and take Daniel Jones. Uh, but yeah, that is uh that is, it's, it's tough. Uh, it's not an easy decision to make. Yeah. Um. So what about a running back? We got two guys from the same class. And one guy was pretty much unanimous unanimously ranked above the other guy, but maybe not now. Uh, Najee Harris or Travis Etienne?
1: Oh, this one's really tough because it's mainly the fact that Najee Harris has been playing injured this year. He had the foot injury, so it's just it's hard to gauge, you know, how much is related to that. But even last year, I mean, he lacked some explosiveness. His yards per carry was not great. He was he was a he was a volume guy. Um, I do think you can trust on him to be consistent and not get banged up too much. But I think I'm going to go with the younger, more explosive off, uh, option here. So uh, especially with James Robinson getting traded away, that was my big concern with ETN going to the Jags. So now that that you know, has been washed away, uh, I think I think it's Travis Etienne.
0: Yep, I agree. This was an easy decision for me. I um, Travis Etienne was my RB two in this class, but I even said, uh, you know, that I think, um, you know, it's not far apart between him and Najee. and you know, I, I remember, uh, you know, Mike at the time, uh, on the episodes with us agreeing with me, and uh, yeah, I I think uh, Travis Etienne his his he's been filled. He's in a better uh, situation at this point. Um, and yeah, Najee Harris, it's like, honestly, um, Kenny Pickett, you know, he's keeping his eyes downfield. He's not really dumping it off. They aren't designing a lot of plays for him. And there was this one play. I mean, I know it's kind of silly to just break it down on one play, but he got the the dump off. He had like two yards to gain and he literally, instead of just pushing and getting the yards, just like shuffled his feet and like danced for like three seconds until guys came and tackled him. And that's just something I'm not used to seeing from Najee. So I don't know if there's something going on, you know, upstairs or what, but definitely I hope he pulls it together. But right now ETN, I would rather have, and, uh, you know, we'll see if that remains the same going forward, but uh, I would make that trade in the moment. Um, What about Amon Ra, St. Brown, or C.D. Lamb? Both have done well this season. Obviously Amon Ra a little bit banged up, but um you know, obviously, and J- Jameson Williams obviously is coming back as well, which kind of throws a little bit of a wrench into it.
1: Hmm. Yeah, uh, from what I heard, Jameson Williams is still a little ways out. So, uh, you know, but uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think it's, you know, this is dynasty, so that shouldn't, you know, we should be looking at the long term view with Jameson Williams being there. Um. Yeah, I, in PPR leagues. I'm going to go with my boy. I'm going with the sun god, gimme Amon-Ra.
0: Yeah, this one was close and I wanted to go with Amon-Ra, but I mean, and I really do think it just comes down to um I think there's going to be a quarterback change. I know that Jared Goff really likes Amon-Ra, but I don't know what's going to happen in the future. They might favor Williams or some other, you know, I I think it's a lot more certain that CD lamb is going to have deck Prescott thrown in the ball and that CD lamb will be the number one receiver in his offense. So I think they're probably like one or two spots apart in my rankings, uh, right now. But, um, yeah, I, I think I am going to side with CD lamb, uh, just, just for safety here. But, um, it, it does hurt my heart. But he had a really good game with Dak this week. Dak finally had an explosive game, so I'm I'm thinking that the the Cowboys will be a safer buy-in than the Lions at this point. Um, All right, what about it, tight end? We got Darren Waller, who's been extremely disappointing, or Greg Dolchich, who is the young up-and-coming tight end star.
1: Give me Dolchich. Really, Give wow. Me yes. Wow. Yeah. So, what do
0: you feel? What do you? I mean, do you think the upside for Dolchich is like, you know, like a a George Kittle level, or I mean, just I'm not, I'm not not saying he does all the things George Kittle does on the field. I'm just saying uh, that you know he could, uh, you know possibly be a, a every week start top five, six tight end in the future. Is that kind of seeing where you feel like he could be, or do you just feel like Darren Waller's days of being that are completely gone?
1: Yeah, it's a mix. I mean, I think Greg Dulcich has the talent to be a top tight end, you know, for a long time, especially, you know, a, a tight end one, I think you can pencil him in as that um, for quite a while going forward. So uh, there's that there's the youth uh, he's on the rise and Darren Waller has just been giving you like next to nothing. So uh, yeah, it's, He's he's getting older. It's you know there's a lot of uncertainty. Devonte Adams has been added to the offense, so um, yeah. Just uh, I, I I just Waller's dropping for me, and uh, Greg Dolchich is rising fast. Uh,
0: yeah, I, and this I'm, one was close. This one was close for me, but I do think I'm still going to side with Waller. I'm not quite ready to buy into Dolchich as a top, you know, seven dynasty tight end, which is where I still have Waller. Um, but a couple more good weeks and I might be there. So uh but and I do, you know, I love I love everything about Dolchich, I love the vibe, I love the look. Uh, but but and he's getting targets all the time. He's uh, catching touchdowns in most of his games. But I still think I need a little bit longer. And I mean, look, I will say this, Nate. You were much higher on him as a prospect, and you were in on him a lot sooner than I was. So mm. maybe I'm a little bit late to the train again. But I'm still going to side with Waller here and hope he can get back healthy and return to his glory days.
1: No, that's fine. That's a. Re- I'm just surprised that um, we disagree on this one. Just because you're normally the the ageist. So, the, Yeah, the it's really just. Tight end.
0: It's really just the the running backs that I'm like that with. I mean, you know, with with tight ends especially. Like, I mean, you know, how old is Travis Kelsey? Like, thirty five or thirty six or no, 34? he's not that old. Thirty
1: three. Uh, I think he's like thirty two, or thirty one.
0: No. no, if he's the same age as Waller, then maybe I should be. He's, he's a.
1: He he just turned thirty three
0: okay and so we're so okay so waller is okay. 30 okay 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 all right so yeah 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 no i'll be scared of waller in like two years for his age but with tight ends my my arbitrary age is 32
1: he's already he's 30 and he can't play he's always injured
0: <laughs> well yeah that's true but that's happened to other players we love and we give them grace so i'm I'm gonna give darren waller a little grace here and just just make dolce prove it a little bit more but all right let's move on Let's talk about some start sits decisions and let's start out with Mr. Taylor Heineke. Who's had two pretty damn good weeks. Uh, He's made Terry McLaurin have two pretty damn good weeks. And that has been a uh, boost to my teams. Uh, But this week he's got Minnesota. Uh, How do you feel about starting him this week?
1: Yeah, I put this at a three to a four. Um, You know, I feel like you can be pretty comfortable putting in him in a QB two spot and uh, he'll deliver for you
0: yeah i'm gonna put him at a three i can't couldn't go to a four just because i think the like any week i think the 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 ceiling is still pretty high like i think if you get 20 points from taylor heineke you are thrilled you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah. and 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 you know there's definitely you know quarterback starts and even sometimes you know positional starts that i can maybe make that i would feel like maybe had a higher higher ceiling if i um you know really need to shoot from the stars. But that being said, I think he's a solid safe start. And uh, yeah, I think he's a solid safe quarterback. I think he's probably, I don't think we're going to see Carson Wentz again. (laughs) I think, uh, you know, they won two games with Taylor Heineke uh, in spectacular fashion, both times. So uh, just keep it going, man. You you guys didn't need to make that trade for Wentz. You could have just kept what you had. It looks like, but um all right let's uh talk about PJ Walker at Cincinnati. Obviously P- PJ Walker put on quite the show uh against Atlanta. He should have beat us. I'm so mad he didn't beat us. That damn kicker couldn't make that kick because DJ Moore took off his fucking helmet, but <laughs> but so now they're going to get a higher draft pick. Congratulations Panthers fans. But PJ Walker at Cincinnati this week. What you think?
1: Uh Cincinnati is a tough matchup. Um, but I still feel like you got to put Walker as a three, uh, you know, part of this is being influenced by the fact you got six teams on bye this week. So six starting quarterbacks are not there kind of drives up the necessity and Walker had a really good game last game. So, um, yeah, I'll put him at a three versus the Bengals.
0: Yeah, I I think on a normal, like, non bye week week, I could could say that I'd have him at a one, but I'm going to put him at a two for this week. I do think the Bengals are going to shut. I mean, all you have to do is shut down DJ Moore. I mean, I will say Terrace Marshall finally broke out and had himself a game, so maybe that will continue to be a thing, and maybe my take two years ago that he was a good receiver will be proven true. Lakeview Uh, Terrace caught a pass? Lakeview (laughs) Terrace, maybe, yes, but yeah, um... Yeah, so we'll see. I think the the Panthers offense is easily shut down and the Bengals can easily do that. So I'm not not having high hopes for him this week. Well, what about Damian Harris versus Indy? So obviously, since he's came back from injury, Ramondre has had more of the workload, but he is starting to get, you know, starting to get closer to that 50 50 timeshare. But um, how do you feel about him against Indianapolis?
1: Uh, Well, we'll put this at like a two and a half, maybe a three, if you're considering all the buys and stuff, but yeah, it's just, you know, the Colts have not been particularly good against uh, running backs this, um, this year so far. And like you said, he's working his way back into to the touches he um, jumped, almost tripled his snap percentage uh, last game and got about 13 total touches. So yeah. Um, yeah. That does give you something to work with, but uh, yeah. Ramondre Stevenson has honestly been better as of late.
0: Yeah, I agree with your take there pretty much uh, word for word. Um, I have him at a two. Um, You might have to start him by necessity and, you know, maybe he will get a touchdown, but I think if he doesn't get a touchdown, he's not going to be a a fantastic start. So uh, what about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire versus Tennessee on Sunday night? So obviously Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has had very high highs and very low lows this season and in his career in general. Uh, but is, are we going to have the high highs or the low lows on Sunday night?
1: Yeah, I'm going with a two here, um, even considering the buys. The Titans have been good against running backs. And, uh, you know, this is, you know, we told you to sell Carson Wentz early in the season. Should have done that. We told you to sell Clyde early in the season. This is why the first four games, uh, his lowest score was still over 15 points. He had 15 or more points in every uh, each of the first four games. He has uh, scored under 10 points each of his last three since then. So, yeah, um, since that hot start, he's been under 10 points the past three weeks in a row. I'm trying to keep him on the bench.
0: Yeah, I have him out of three just because I, I do think um, there's a possibility that the – I don't think that the Titans are going to be able to keep up with the Chiefs scoring-wise, and I don't think you know, their defense is going to be able to really stop the Chiefs. So I think the Chiefs could run up the score early and we could, you know, we would probably see a lot of those running backs, but I think, you know, we could see them running more than they typically do. Um but yeah, I, I I don't expect the Titans. I mean, the Titans have a very good record. I think they have the same record. I think they're they're both 5 and 2 or 6 and 2 now. Um Three is but uh, but, uh, but yeah, I do think that um and who knows? Maybe the um the Chiefs might struggle to stop Henry, but it's just outside of Henry the Titans are so depleted at any other offensive firepower that I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with the Chiefs. So, yeah. um, so, so that's, that's, that's kind of my optimistic take on CH. I mean, it's still a three. I'm not thrilled to start him, but I think it's a safe start as RB two. So, um, well, what about Devin Duvernay? I got to say Duvernay. you saved me. I had a tough situation where I had to start him last week and he, Got me a nice fourth-quarter touchdown on a, on a nice rushing play. Got me 16 points, had a couple of passes to mix in with there. Uh, did we think something like that can happen again at New Orleans? Obviously, Rashad Bateman going to be out for a couple of weeks.
1: Uh, yep, yeah, it has been a struggle for the Saints against wide receivers and fantasy so far this year. So, and Devin, Devin DuVernay, he is a boomer bust guy, but I think he's still worth a start against a really good matchup. So, I'll put him at a three.
0: I totally agree, and I have him out a four, especially – I mean, we know that uh, Bateman's out, but we don't know about Mark Andrews. Uh, mm-hmm. But if Mark Andrews were out, it's pretty much DuVernay. Uh, now, we did see an uptick from um, Marcus Robinson uh, mm-hmm. as, a, as a receiver yeah. last week, and then obviously Isaiah Likely, who we've already talked about. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think either way he's a pretty safe start, but I'm going to put him out of four. Um, what about – and also, that's just a little reward for helping me win my matchup last week. Thank you, Duvernay. <laughs> uh, what about the Bears' receiver? So I'm gonna we'll talk about both Mooney, Darnell Mooney, and Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool, obviously, we assume he's gonna play. It's a little bit we don't know that for a fact. He could maybe sit out a week if it if he hasn't learned the playbook or whatever. But uh, we assume that they're gonna get him in there quickly, at least on some amount of packages. But um, you know um obviously darnell mooney has started to become a little bit more dependable nothing super spectacular but enough to not not you know he was getting you zeros for the first couple of weeks so uh doing a lot better than that so how do we feel about starting them against miami
1: yeah truth is the bears especially with the the defensive departures they're gonna have to put up points to stay in contention with miami probably gonna be playing from behind a good bit so yeah, I would put Darnell Mooney as a three. Um, Chase Claypool, I would put as like a one or a two. Just depends on, you know, kind of the news leading up to the game, how much he's going to be involved. Uh, but it's just really hard for me to trust players when you know their first, you know, the first week on a new team. It's it's hard to say.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, um I, I, I definitely I mean, look, Christian McCaffrey went to the to the 49ers and only played, you know, like 15 snaps or something. So I, you know, I don't expect, I was going to
1: say running back is the easiest to transition to. So, um, yeah, so good point.
0: Yeah. So, you know, for me, that kind of leads me to believe that Chase Claypool isn't going to be getting much more than that. If, if he even gets that. So I am benching Chase Claypool for the week, but it is, you know, still exciting to see, um, and then, you know, Darnell Mooney, um, you know, I had him at a two, but I think you had me convinced him convinced to bump him up to a three. I think that game script will play out well for them. It's just a matter of uh, if, if Justin Fields is uh, continue to be on the upward trajectory or if he starts to look like he was earlier in the season, that's uh, yeah. going to make him a good start or not. So, um, all right, let us move on to our buy low, sell high. So, if you'd like, I'll open up with my first buy low, and it's one I don't think you're gonna like, but you might agree with. We'll see. And it's honestly, it's tough to call him a buy low, but it's like still people are undervaluing him everywhere. He's literally the RB thirteen, I believe, and it's Antonio Gibson. Like people, Ooh. people still think he sucks or something, or still they still have this uh like mindset from the beginning of the season. But um, I mean the man is been in very, very good. And, uh, he scored 21 points last week. I mean, if you're getting return yards on top, I'm sorry, he's actually the RBs, uh, 16. So a little bit, not quite as good as what I said. Uh, mm. but, uh, but still, I mean, um, you know, I know Nate's a big fan of Brian Robinson. I still think Brian Robinson's getting the work, but I mean, to my eyes, Antonio Gibson looks, way better with the with the touches he gets and, um, and obviously has the pass catching upside brian robinson didn't get any passes last week so i think that uh, they're going to start gravitating more towards gibson because the good things are happening when he gets the ball and um you know i think he's probably going to be a really solid rb2 i mean he's already a solid rb2 he's rb16 but i think he'll probably continue on that trajectory for the rest of the season assuming he doesn't get injured and uh yeah i think that people would still not well it's like on my platforms, at least on the on the fantasy platforms, they're still uh like projecting Brian Robinson more points than than Antonio Gibson. So like, you know, just it seems like the fantasy space doesn't agree with me on this, but um, you know, I think that, that Antonio Gibson's the back to have and I think he's a good by low candidate.
1: Yeah, a lot of this will just be league dependent. Some people are, you know, after the last two weeks, you know, a lot higher on him than others. So um, just check your league. But, yeah, it's like on the ground, he really, you know, especially the last game wasn't much different than Brian Robinson, but he is getting the work as a pass catcher. So caught all seven of his targets this last game. So, yeah, if you're in a PPR league, he's he's definitely worth uh, having on your team, even with his low snap percentage. Um, so for my buy low guy, so last week I told you to buy low on Garrett Wilson. So you're welcome if you listen to me because Garrett Wilson went off. But uh, this week, I think you should buy low on Devontae Adams just because it's been a little bit disappointing with the Raiders, uh, but they're going to need him rest of the season, especially this last game. He was sick all the time leading up to it, so you get some people in the league that aren't quite as familiar with uh, the situation. Uh, I, ju- I just think it's a good uh, chance to buy low because that is going to be a one-off. He's going to be a lot better than uh, that the rest of the season. Also, he yeah, had a really good game uh, the week before. So um, this will be probably your last chance to get Devontae Adams'
0: rest of the season a redraft. Yeah, I think that's a great call. Sometimes, I mean, and you know – maybe if you're in a really sharp league, people don't do this or make decisions like this, but sometimes you can capitalize on people's emotions. Mm-hmm. And I think when a player like Devonte Adams, you know, goes out and puts 1.8 points up, people are like, Oh, get this bum, Especially people, people that are losing. They just want to make a change to their team. Like, Oh, the players that I have aren't winning me anything. So I'm just going to trade for other players. And so, mm-hmm. It's really easy a lot of times to get you know somebody like uh, Devonte Adams off a team like that. So I think that's a great call there. Um, for me, I'm going to have Deontay Foreman uh, after his 32 point game. I don't expect that to continue. Uh, once Chuba is back, they'll split the workload much easily, even much more evenly. Um, there's they're going to be playing a lot better defenses like Cincinnati instead of the Atlanta Falcons, which who's just played a horrible game on defense. And, uh, you know, I don't think that the the Carolina Panthers are going to be scoring 35 points with TJ Walker every week. So all that being said, three touchdowns, 32 points. I think it's a perfect week to, I think there's a lot of people that would take Deontay Foreman over Antonio Gibson. So I would, you know, make that trade easily right now, but I think there's a lot of names that, um, that you can probably get for a projected, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, wow, he finally got the workload and he's gone off two weeks. Then I mean, that's true. It's not a lie. Mm. But I don't think it's a sign of things to come necessarily.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I do think that's a good one, um, especially because, like you said, he just had a monster game. Uh, another guy that uh, is kind of a backup turn starter that had a monster game was Tony Pollard this last week, and he's my sell-high candidate. Just because you'll have people that, you know, will believe that with that showing and Zeke being out that he's going to take over as the lead back and Zeke's going to be relegated to a much smaller role. Yada, yada. Uh, This team, if not anything, is loyal to Zeke. He's going to keep getting touches. And honestly, he's looked better as of late with those touches. He's been far more efficient, uh, looking a little bit more like the uh, Elliot of old. So. Yeah, I um you know Tony Pollard just after monster week some people probably think he's you know high in RB2 potential rest of the year. Uh, I think it's a good time to get rid of him.
0: Yeah, that's a great call there. I I consider that name as well. Definitely Tony Pollard is is a this is a good opportunity to get rid of him. So um so I like those candidates cool. from all of us or from both of us. Like there's only two of us, but <laughs> um but yeah, um let's move on and get into our starts of the week yes it sounds like you're looking one up right now yes i (laughs) I, 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 yes i am uh but, but um yes go ahead and you start us off here and give us your quarterback start of the week uh yeah so
1: Starting off, I believe you should go with Geno Smith versus the Cardinals. Uh, you know, a lot of people are starting Geno anyway, but you might be in a one-quarterback league. Cardinals should be a good game to fire him up. Uh, you know, their, their defense hasn't been very good against quarterbacks this year, and Geno has been pretty awesome. So uh, last week I told you to start Tua versus the Lions, and he had a monster day. So, uh, yeah, good, uh, good on him. But uh, Geno Smith, hopefully you can replicate get that against the Cardinals.
0: Yeah, I like that. Um, I think that's a good call for sure. I mean, at this point, Geno Smith is just – I think you have to start him every week. But, yeah, I mean, he definitely uh, is probably poised to have a very good game. Uh, For me, I have – and this is a little risky for me. I probably shouldn't have done this, but I do think if he does play, that it will have a really good game. But I have Andy Dalton um going up Ooh. against the Ravens the Ravens have had a really bad passing secondary also uh Jarvis Landry and possibly the uh elusive um Michael Thomas could both be back and complete that you know career receiver set that we were all foaming at the mouth about uh, after week one. Mm. And uh, you know, it could be, it could be a good opportunity for him. I mean, he had a, he's had really good games uh, these past two weeks and I think he could be poised for another. Obviously if James Winston ends up getting the start, then this, this start of the week sucks. I guess I'll say if you, if the audience will allow to allow me to replace James Winston as my start of the week in that case, even though I don't know that James will, he was good with it. I'd like to think he would. I thought he was the better quarterback at the beginning of the year, but Dalton does provide a steady hand. So I'm going to go with Dalton, and, you know, if if not, then I'll just say that I said Winston and hope that you don't remember me saying Dalton. Yep. Well, uh, last week, last sorry, last week I had Kirk Cousins versus Arizona, and the man went the fuck off, and he had a 17-yard rushing touchdown, the first of his career above – four yards so uh mm. pretty 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 fun for kirk cousins dual threat quarterback
1: yeah uh, yeah uh much better than when brady tried to take off in that last game that was uh painful to watch to be oh, honest
0: oh yeah that was yeah that, that was, that was, was like football. Watching- that was like watching your like dad be like i still got it and yeah. go like watch him tear his acl or something trying to run yeah your know.
1: drunk uncle reliving the glory high school days yeah. um yeah but so. yeah
0: actually we had a we we both had i mean you had the best uh start of the week because yeah, was actually the quarterback one yeah but yeah quarterback seven for cousins so two successful starts the week there um but go ahead and give us your running back
1: yeah, that's uh, probably the highlight of my start of the weeks. But uh, yeah, um, for me this week, Khalil Herbert versus the Dolphins. I'm ready to believe in Herbert as the fantasy RB one in this backfield for the Bears. Uh, he's been the more efficient guy all year long. He's been scoring more points as of late. Uh, he's been getting the touchdowns a lot of times. So yeah, I just he's earning more and more of the the share of the pie. And against the Dolphins, they're going to have to put up points. They're going to have to go to their playmakers, and uh, he's one of them. So, uh, Khalil Herbert, I think he's going to have a good day. And uh, last week I had Devin Singletary versus the Packers. And he got you like 10, 11 points. It was like r- around RB30, so not not exactly what you're looking for, but didn't didn't break your heart
0: yeah um yeah with the herbert thing i don't know if i'm willing to agree with you about him being the rb1 going forward i mean it's possible i'm not saying he's not going to be but um i still think that montgomery's the runs with more power i mean i've seen like them put khalil on the goal line and it just doesn't typically work out um i think that uh, you know definitely Khalil shown a great burst great elusiveness and I still think Montgomery has those things but um I just think Montgomery's a little bit more well rounded but and more more suited for RB1 role but that being said I mean Khalil has been very efficient and it could happen after you know it's the bye week a lot of times these transitions happen after a bye week so um you know you, you could be right calling that but yeah I'm not quite sure that that I agree with it but could very well be a good start um I had Mr. Raheem Mostert last week, mm. and he did okay. Um, he did. Did he do okay? He did like, great. Nope, didn't do great. He got six points. So, <laughs> nope. uh, that was a miss on my part. Uh, oops, I apologize. Please forgive me. But listen to me this week, and it's Jamal Williams. I know you might be like, "Oh, I don't necessarily buy in." The Swift might be coming back, but. You know, first of all, Dan Campbell made those comments, which terrified me as a Swift owner, but B, they're playing the Green Bay Packers, who is his former team, who he has a chip on his shoulder. He kind of wanted to stay with them, and they sold him and drafted uh, AJ Dillon in his place, and they probably should have just kept Jamal Williams, to be honest. Uh, so, so yeah, I think that he they're going to give him a chance to really show out and and run all over the the Packers, and I would be... May the only way that he doesn't get a touchdown is if they just don't get on the goal line, if they just have another one of their terrible games. But I they're gonna if they get on the goal line, they're gonna give Jamal the, a touchdown against the Packers. So um I feel really good about him this week.
1: Yeah, I think that's a fair call. Um for me, start of the week for a wide receiver, it's going to be same game, different side. Romeo Dobbs versus the Lions. Uh, starting anyone versus the Lions defense typically has been a solid plan most of this year, so I will use that same plan now. Uh, last week, uh, Chris Olave, I told you to start versus the Raiders, and wow. uh, he ended up getting about 10 points or so. So, again, not what you're hoping for, but didn't break the bank. Uh, yeah, they just, like, got up on the Raiders so early, and the Raiders had nothing, like, were had no fight whatsoever. So game script didn't work out, but uh, this week, Romeo Dobbs versus the Lions, I don't think you'll have to worry about that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like that call. Um, I think that's a good one. Um, It looks like I had another miss here uh, at wide receiver last week Um, and because I had Gabe Davis and I'm looking to see where he finished on the week.
1: Yeah, it was a miss this week.
0: I'm not seeing him in the top fifty. Come on now.
1: Uh, I, I will. I will find this man.
0: <laughs> uh, he
1: had five point five points this last week. Yeah, he had two so catches yeah, for
0: thirty five yards. Not great. Um, but um, who. I think we'll have a better week this week. And, look, I just said I'm jumping on the Gabe Davis train I'm in, and then he burned me like this. So now Gabe Davis, I'm now a Gabe Davis hater. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not not flipping that fast. But uh, I got uh, Josh Palmer. Josh Palmer going against Atlanta. We talked about him a little bit earlier in the episode, but it's not even certain that Keenan Allen's going to play, and if he does, it's not certain that he's going to have a full workload. Atlanta has no cornerbacks. They suck and we just traded for two members of the secondary that'll probably be playing cuz they're better than the scrubs we have. So, yeah, it's, it's I think he's going to be able to completely dominate and eat and get a couple touch or maybe not a couple touchdowns, but you know, have the opportunity to to get a touchdown or two certainly. So, Josh Palmer in Atlanta, I think it's a great week to fire him up.
1: Yep, last week we told you all to start uh, DJ Moore versus Atlanta and you know, fire him up for a lot of the same reasons. I think those same reasons apply here. So good call. Um, going to tight end now. Uh, last week, I'll give you that first. I told you to start Greg Dolchich versus the Jaguars, uh, which was a solid uh, solid pick. Uh, he did very well. Got like 12, 13 points again. Uh, however, unlike what I said, I did not start him. I stuck with Mr. Pitts. And it worked out for me. So thank you, Kyle, for actually trust, uh, you know, paying my faith off a little bit. Uh, this week, Mike Gusecki versus the Bears is going to be my pick. Uh, again, I think this is a game where um, each side is going to have to keep up, uh, maybe less so the Dolphins. However, the Bears no longer have Roquan Smith, who was a menace to tight ends everywhere. Uh, he's gone now, leaving a big hole in the middle of that defense, and I think Mike Gusecki might just be the guy to take advantage of that. So... Look for him.
0: Yeah. Last week wasn't my best week. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> Irv Smith, Irv Smith was my tight end. And that is likely the last time I will ever be saying his name on this fantasy podcast, at least as a Viking. Um, so, uh, yeah. I mean, he scored six points, which, you know, in the tight end, Lance, 6.8 points. So in the tight end landscape, it could be worse. But that was still tight end 22 on the week. Um, so yeah, and as far as Pitts, I mean, the only Titans that scored higher than him last week were Isaiah Likely and Tyler Conklin, who almost nobody was starting either one of yeah. those guys. Yeah. So I definitely, I definitely think that uh, you know, Pitts, Pitts is starting. Well, it's just one week, but maybe maybe I'm back in, baby. Maybe I'm back in, but uh, but yeah, I like that. Well, this week I have it's a guy that I had earlier in the year, and uh, he didn't do good that week for me, but he has done good in uh, the past couple of weeks. Um. And he caught a touchdown last week, but it's Evan Ingram. Uh, he was tied in four last week. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I do think that I'm starting to feel more and more comfortable with Evan Ingram as kind of a – I mean, you know, obviously there's tight ends I'd rather start, but I think, you know, past the top five or six guys, you know, Evan Ingram is probably as good as any to start on a week-to-week basis.
1: Yep, I think that's a good call there. Uh, he, he's been impressing me this year, so you can
0: rely on him. He's only dropped one pass so far this year, so it's it's that's pretty man. that's pretty crazy, yeah. So
1: uh, are we sure so it's not yeah. like Gronk in a suit? Like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe.
0: I think he maybe got hand surgery.
1: Uh, yeah, really weird, but um, yeah, no, good, good start there. I think, uh, yeah, you you'll have a better week this next week.
0: All right, well, if you want to recap recap real quick, our starts of the week. For quarterback, I had Andy Dalton versus Baltimore. For running back, I had Jamal Williams versus Green Bay. For wide receiver, I had Josh Palmer at Atlanta. And tight end, I had Evan Ingram versus Las Vegas.
1: Yes, and I have for quarterback, Geno Smith versus the Cardinals. Uh, Khalil Herbert versus the Dolphins at running back. Uh, Romeo Dobbs versus lions at wide receiver and tight end Mike Gusecki versus the bears, the bears,
0: the bears. All right, guys. Well, thank you for rocking with us. Thank you for tuning in to another week. Um, you know, I've teased a little bit next week. We're going to be doing a, uh, 2023, our first mock draft, so you know get pumped for that it's 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 our it's the middle of the season so we can officially start thinking about you know our teams we aren't doing so well in in dynasty we can officially start thinking about what guys we're going to be drafting so we're going to start doing that next week as well as of course covering the 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 weekly subjects as normal so uh, be sure to tune in And, uh, you know, be sure to like, subscribe, comment, all of those friends to things. Tell your friends about us. uh, And we appreciate it as always. Nate, you got anything to close it out? Close it out with.
1: Uh, Happy belated Halloween and uh, go dogs versus Tennessee. And uh, let's ride Broncos country. I don't know whatever the fuck Russell Wilson said this week.
0: Man, fuck the college football playoff committee for putting Tennessee at one and Georgia at three. That is some complete nonsense.
1: There's no uh, way.
0: They did. They put Tennessee at one, uh, Ohio State at two, and Georgia at three, the playoff selection committee. It was happened a couple, a couple hours before the thing. So fuck them. That's nonsense. But you know what, Tennessee? Enjoy your number one ranking for four days because uh, come Saturday, we will be reclaiming that righteous, rightful spot.
1: I have confidence in what you say, but I believe you might have just cursed us.
0: <laughs> we <laughs> nah, would lose dude. now. We, we can't lose. Not to Tennessee. That's little brother. We can't lose the little brother.
1: Yeah, um, no, I think we got to cover. But, uh, well, all our dog fans probably don't care about that. But if you want to see a lot of talent in this upcoming class, there's going to be a lot going on in that game. So if you're interested in looking at rookies and Debbie picks, good game to watch
0: if you're listening to this podcast you're you're a, you're a seriously sick football fan so i it's hard to imagine that you aren't going to be tuning in into the georgia yeah, it, tennessee it, game it's game of the week it. it's it's huge so uh we're excited to go dogs uh thank you for tuning in thanks for listening to us rant about the dogs uh fuck the balls and we will see you next week hopefully not eating pro for this last segment talking shit but anyways for nate this is josiah fantasy dogs out